Hi, I'm Megan Francis. And I'm Dave Kroc. And this is the LifeWork Podcast. In this show, we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. Welcome to LifeWork Episode 5.3. On this week, we're talking about pivoting and transitions and kind of making changes we need to make in our lives. One of the underlying currents to that is the idea of how do we know when it's time to leap? Yeah. How do we know when it's time to get out of something and into a new thing? I'm here with Megan Francis, uh, Dave Kroc here on the show. It's been a great week so far. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm going to pose a little bit of a question to you, Megan, because oh I know boy. you've got a little bit of experience in this. Yes. How do you know when it's time to get out of something and into a new thing? How do you know when it's time that there should actually be a fix or a change that's made? What, do you, yeah. what is your perspective on that? Well, um, I think that like anything else, if you ask me a question, my answer is always, it depends. It depends. It depends. Um, I can talk about for me what that's looked like. And I think, you know, uh, it's really different when you're someone who is a solopreneur, as they like to be called. And that's not as they don't necessarily like to be called that, but other people like to call it. I think it's a label that is <laughs> applied from the outside. Yes, exactly. Look at you all by yourself. I know. Uh, but, you know, if you are a creative entrepreneur or a service-based entrepreneur who is mostly working on your own, maybe you have, you know, a small team, but you're not necessarily, you're not necessarily putting out a product or, and you've built this big team around yourself. So you have a lot of wiggle room and a lot of ability to move nimbly from one thing to another. That's very different than if you have a team or a product or something that you've already invested money in, not just your time. So mm-hmm. those are two very different things. And I'm, I'm coming at it from the perspective of someone who's mostly been that solo entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the, an- the short answer is when I'm bored and feel ready. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's tricky, right? Because yeah. you can't necessarily just get bored and right. abandon a business that's functioning. Right. I think there's... Or you can. Well, you can. I know some you people can. that have, but okay. it's it's not exactly the probably the best for all parties involved. It's not. And I think it. I think sometimes when you do that, it means that something that could have come to fruition if it had had a little more time... Right to, you know, ferment, percolate or whatever could have been really successful and and people maybe pull out early. Um, but at the same time, I think when you do have that, that smaller business, that's more based on what you're doing. Um, you can kind of see things shifting. And I think that's something that it's a skill. And I, and I love our interview tomorrow with Barbara Jones, who was a music executive who then moved into basically recreating that job for herself in social media. So yeah. basically what she did for music, she made, she created a business doing it in social media. And I think the ability, the skills that she had in music allowed her to do that in social media. And a lot of that was seeing what's on the horizon. And so it's kind of like that. It's that balance between being an early enough adopter to mm-hmm. get on, to get in before the hordes do, yeah, but not to be such an early adopter that you get in before anyone cares. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. That's a little tricky, yeah, you know, yeah. and I've, so for me, like, it's definitely something I'm still honing. Um, I think, for example, I got out of writing magazine articles and books um, and into blogging at the perfect time. I wasn't the earliest. Maybe I could have created inroads had I started a year or two earlier that I, that I was not able to because it was already getting a little more saturated, Right. but it wasn't, the bubble had not burst. The bubble hadn't even really formed yet. So right. it was a great time. Um, did you see the writing on the wall? What, oh, yeah. What, what was for you some of those things? So like you, you like understanding that there's a shift or some yeah. things are changing. I, I realize that when people are really connected to a subject, you're really connected to a, a world or an yeah. industry, yeah. that you start to see subtle shifts that are, are saying things are different now. Things are different, yeah. What, in the world of, of media, 
Sure. What did you feel shifting then? Oh, well, you know, I think for me it was uh, it, it, the magazine um, writers I was hanging out with. Most of them were a little more old school than me. They'd been mm. doing it, you know, I'd been doing it at that point for like five years and they'd all been doing it for 10, 15 plus. And they started to become sort of this this griping um, sort of undertone to conversations about how the articles were getting shorter. They were getting more visual. Mm. They were getting, there were more bullet points and not as much long narrative. And I could kind of see how a lot of that content was written in more of a web oriented mm -hmm. way, even on the print pages. It wow. was just kind of yeah. going toward that, like, you know, and they kept saying everyone's attention spans are shorter, which I'm not even sure I agree with. I right. think their attention span for a piece of printed material maybe was getting a little more scattered. There was more in front of them. I could also see that there was a glut of magazines. Like the early 2000s, late 90s and early 2000s, there were so many magazines coming out. It was kind of ridiculous. Like mm -hmm. every month something new was launching and it would be in some weird niche that I think, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be like organic curtains monthly or right, something. Right. And I and, think, and how do you, and how do you do that in print? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so reach it, all the people interested exactly. in organic curtains. Right. So I could see how which there was, I'm researching right, right now. You're like organic curtains. Organic I need to get curtains. me some of those. Wow. I totally just made that up, but this um, whole food sell that <laughs> they probably did before it closed in 2004. But, there you go. um, what the other thing I could see is that there was suddenly this interest in niche markets everyone really wanted to serve this really. And I think they were seeing the power of that through the internet because mm -hmm. all these communities were starting and they were so specific. The problem was that something that really works on the internet just doesn't work at all in print. You can't have, like you said, you can't have this ultra niche magazine and then sell it on a newsstand where the cost just to have that space on the newsstand is right. comparable to like better homes and gardens who reaches yeah. everybody. So, and, and you got to hope somebody wanders by and picks it exactly. up. That likes that. Right. Yeah. And you got to hope your people, your organic curtain people, are just like out there at, at that grocery store or that just you can scouring the newsstands. I just can't find something right. for me. Or that you could create a brand new audience of organic curtain enthusiasts right. that right. man, this, this, you know, <laughs> I've just been into these synthetic <laughs> curtains and you know what? I was so wrong. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, man, this example is going to come back and haunt me, but this is a good example. <laughs> I like it. It's, it yeah. means a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that there I'm not even sure all of those businesses were necessarily a failure. Maybe, maybe organic curtains was too specific, but maybe organic hairbrushes may have mm -hmm. taken off. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a more mass product. People sure. buy more hairbrushes. Maybe it's easier to, you know, to con con convert someone who was spending three bucks on a plastic hairbrush into spending $6 on an organic wood hairbrush. Right. I'm just taking this as far as I can. Um, so maybe something like that could have worked, but I think they also, we're seeing that they could just do it online for cheaper. And that's where everybody was going. And when I really started blogging in, in, you know, in earnest, I guess I would say was when Twitter really started to take off. I remember hearing about Twitter in 2007 and I thought, nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then by 2008, I was like, okay, I'll try it. And suddenly every time I shared something, people were on it and I could just see the opportunity of spreading the word before that you know, Facebook wasn't really even a big thing yet. So right, right. you wrote a blog post and you just hoped people would find your blog through other blogs. There really wasn't a way to, in that mass scale, to reach lots of people at a time with like just a little piece of content, like a little snippet. Yeah. Um, and then I could really just see things were changing. So there's a lot. And some of it is honestly a little indefinable. Like, sure. I think some people are better than others at just kind of dreaming and looking out and seeing what's coming. And, and some people are more heads down in what's happening right now. And I think we need both of those people. Sure. 
to run, yeah. you know, to run business. Someone has to be manning the systems yep. and making sure that all the flighty people like me don't just go, woo. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. The bright, shiny objects exactly. are out there. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's, I think there's a lesson in there. So looking back at the legacy publishers, right? There's a lesson in there that seeing the future and seeing where things are headed and seeing that the market is ready for it and people are adopting more and more of that direction how many people dug their heels in and said, nope, we're staying right here because uh-huh. this is, we've invested too much money. Yep. We've invested too much of our pride. We've invested too much of our model and yeah. our, our, our understanding that this is what it is and, and didn't pivot. Yeah. And how many of those things went out of business because they didn't. <clears throat> yeah. You know? I remember a few, not even that a few years ago, maybe even longer ago than that. Um, I want to say it was the Atlantic um, refused to have a comments section. I think they have since changed that. Changed and that. Yeah. Or maybe they've taken the conversation to Facebook or something. Sure. Right. But at some point they realized that without conversation around articles right. online, they don't exist. They cease to exist. Right. Like there's not something to, um, and then there's not some place for people to go and talk about it. People won't talk about it. And nowadays if people aren't talking about something, it dies. I mean, right. that's just, it disappears. It, into it the disappears. Void. Yeah. It, there's just too much out there and you need, it doesn't have to be everybody, but there needs to be your core group of people talking about your product or, you know, whatever it is that you bring to the table. So, right. um, I don't know that I answered the question how I knew. You did. You I did? did. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you could see, you could see that things were changing. You could yeah. see that. And I think there's a lesson in the idea that the legacy people didn't, didn't see it. Yeah. You did see it and that you could see that the, the direction that things are moving fit this other thing that had right. the ability to, to change and scale up. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I did actually want to bring that forward then into kind of making this transition from the blog that for years was very successful into podcasting and content marketing. Yes. That was my next question. Yeah. So there was, that was tricky. Because you're not blogging so much. Anymore. No, I'm really, I haven't blogged in months. Um, I'm, that was a lot trickier because the blog was doing great. Mm-hmm. and it was profitable and I was getting big sponsorship deals from brands and I didn't see the money going anyway anytime soon. Um, I did see, I was starting to hear little murmurs of other bloggers complaining about the money becoming less or it was yeah. being diverted to different kinds of social media and things like that. I could kind of see that. It wasn't really affecting me yet. Um, but I think for me at that point, I just had to sit down and say, okay, where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? At some point, I'm not going to want to have this blo- this mom blog anymore. Right, I mean, at some right. point, it's going to get old. So do I go out? Do I transition it now while I'm still kind of at the height and I can take my audience with me to some new platform mm-hmm. while that platform is still emerging and I've got a like, really good opportunity to get in kind of on the ground floor of that? Or do I just ride it out to the bitter end? <laughs> and I think not riding it out to the bitter end sounded a lot more, you know, yeah. a lot more appealing. It just sounded good to be able to kind of go out on, on a high and have this new exciting thing that I'm doing rather than being forced out. Yeah. And I think so, so many people after the fact are glad that they did pivot. Yeah. You know, are glad that they did make the change. Because you think about it, in many ways, even if you if you recognize, okay, I've got I've got a uh, this percent chance of being successful if I stay here, and I've got this percent chance of being su- successful if I pivot a little bit, even if they're rel- relatively similar, yeah. the idea of changing and moving a little bit, especially if you're in a highly competitive marketplace yeah. where you can see a little bit down the road further than your competitors can, you're starting to create a new differentiation, a new way mm-hmm. to compete that they maybe they can't or, or won't follow you along those ways. So yeah. even if you just have to then react to the new the new normal, mm-hmm. you're I think setting the precedent of not being stagnant is important because at some point 
I mean, those are the people that are moving the market. I would love to hear, Dave, if you have examples or experiences of your own of, of how this can look or how knowing when it's time when the business has property behind it. Sure. Or something, yeah. you know, there's some kind of items or whatever that... Right, physical Physical, pro- yeah, thank you. Physical property that ha- goes with that or a staff that mm, yeah. isn't necessarily going to be all, yay, if you say, hey... Hey, hey, we're guys. gonna we're gonna shut down, and uh, <laughs> yes. we're gonna go over here now. Yeah. And some of you will come with, and some Ex- of you won't. Exactly right. Yeah. So how does that look? Well, so uh, I've I've done this a little bit. So, and we'll talk a little bit on the Friday episode about a specific example of where I'm pivoting right now. Actually, with mm. the business, it's not it doesn't change dramatically a lot of things, but it's changing our model a little bit. But I can tell you about an example. You know, back in um, about ten years ago, ended up buying a business that. Um, kind of going in was one of those legacy businesses that had been around for a long time and uh, they were successful, but they were a little, um, a little stale, Mm -hmm. a little stagnant, a little complacent where they were. And so in interviewing some of the management at the time, you know, they were kind of okay with how they were performing and we could see that there was an opportunity to improve that performance by changing a little bit the model, how we did things. It was more process than it was anything else. And the, the people were willing to go with the process. We, we, would keep them on. There were some people that actually we had to transition off the team yeah, because they were not on board for that pivot. Um, and it wasn't a major pivot, but it was a pivot nonetheless. And I think it was interesting because the things that we changed, you know, did involve actually um, getting rid of some stuff. And then we ended up shedding some staff. So yeah. there, were, there were realistic changes, but the idea of what... It, it was easier me because I had partners in that venture where we kind of share in the idea of, okay, this is a risk. We're going to take this step here. This person might not follow along. We might have to get rid of this person. The idea of going through that process with other people and being committed and seeing all the angles helped make some of those changes happen and come to fruition. I, th- I think back, there's a, there's a great example in um, the book, Good to Great, about choosing the thing that we can be the best in the world at and actually shedding the other stuff. Mm. And I believe it's Kimberly Clark is the company, um, the paper products company, but they actually own their own mills, their own paper mills. And that was their bread and butter for a very, very long time. And and there was one CEO that came on who saw the writing on the wall that they shouldn't be in that business of milling paper. And so he sold the mills. And the idea in that, I mean, that was a sacred cow to the company at that right. point in time. And so to say, this is the future, here's where we're headed, here's why, rally people behind him and make, be willing to make that change. I mean, that's a lot of, you think about a lot of capital and a lot of physical investments they had to yeah. divest from. Um, but it really, really did, uh, was a great thing for the company. The company took off thereafter. Yeah. So yeah, it does happen. It yeah. does happen. But it's, it, and it takes a little more intestinal fortitude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because there's, there's more risk, right? There's, there's more, more things risk, that can right. go wrong, more people and, are and, and it's not as fast. You can't, if you've got assets, right. you need to do something with those assets. It's not just what's in your yes. brain, you yes. know, or your, your sparkling personality or whatever. That's right. it's, yeah, yeah. You have to move those things or buy, sell those things or buy new things. Yeah. And so, the bigger yeah. it is, the slower it moves. Yeah. And so yeah. that the idea of being, being flexible in a large company. And I think I'm going to mention a few things about this on Friday. Um, I think Coca-Cola is a good example. They've actually set mm-hmm. up internally, almost like an internal entrepreneurship engine yeah. um, for new ideas. And I think they're doing a great oh, job. That's neat. Yeah. And I, I would love to, I think on Friday as well, talk a little bit more about how you can have a platform that, that can do multiple things. And how do you decide whether that platform does more than one thing right? or whether you change the thing it does. Yeah. So, um, that's great too. I do want to ask you one more question before we yeah, go, because sure. I think it fits more with today. 
you, we both have that, ooh, shiny new thing personality. And <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm wondering if you found that there, is, there have been ways for you to change what you do within a business without actually changing the business. So if you get mm-hmm. bored, me personally, you personally, yep, yep, where you've been able to switch up your role without actually abandoning anything. Maybe the business is working just great. Right. You just want to do something different. Sure. Yeah, I think that, and and there's going to be a great example of that. And, and this is something Julie actually did with her business uh, for our interview tomorrow um, with me. Oh, that labels. was last week with labels. It's oh already my gosh, happened. where am I? <laughs> Where no. am I? The good news is the, you can already listen to it. Yes, it's right out there. So <laughs> go 4. to episode 4.4 <laughs> and listen to the, the episode with Julie Cole of Mabel's Labels. It, they started with four partners and they actually, as times changed, yeah. and they wanted to move into different things. They actually ran different areas of the company. Um, that's something, I mean, I've done that a little bit too. I've slid over into marketing versus focusing on some of the other leadership aspects. Um, there will come a time when I, I probably will fire myself as the head of a company and have somebody yeah. else run it. And then I might mentor plug in in different areas in that company and still yeah. have a different role. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's totally possible. I think it's understanding where your strengths are yeah. and also understanding that you are filling multiple roles. You have multiple hats on when you start a business. Um, so you might be the head of marketing and the head of HR and the head of finance and right. all of those things, operations and you know, all those things. And then over the course of time, you may hire people in to those various aspects. Yeah. And I think it's important to, if you are going to maintain an active role in the business, that you do focus on the things that you're passionate about and that you're good at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means running the company is for somebody else. Yeah. And you focus on, yeah. you know, I, there's plenty of people that have focused in on, on product development or marketing or other areas while they hired somebody else to run the operations of the company. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to take a business that's that's successful and and growing and not broken yes and make it better for yourself for sure (laughs) because eventually you're going to become a bottleneck right especially as it scales up um i think the the idea that i think i brought this up last week the the bottleneck is actually at the top of the bottle yeah and so usually the person in the way is you right eventually to you know in the way of scaling your company or growing your company or pivoting sometimes you were the one with your heels dug in saying you know, I, this is the way it's always yeah, been. Exactly. It always has to be this way. Yeah. Right. Well, it sounds like we've got some great, um, great things to dig into on Friday, which will be episode 5.5. For tomorrow, we interview Barbara Jones, who was a music industry executive. Yeah, Capitol executive Records. At Capitol Records and, and other, um, and other, another recording labels along yes. the way and moved into social media and is now the founder of One to One Network, where she connects influencers with marketers and um, and brands. And it's, it's a fascinating conversation because it, it really shows how so many of the skills you have right now, I'm talking to you. Yes. You, yes. Whether you have, you know, have a regular job or already own a business can probably translate into something completely different that maybe you haven't even thought about yet. So yeah. yeah um, great conversation. And then we'll be back on Friday to wrap up this week's topic um, where we're going to dig into all those examples that you just kind of Teased yeah. for us, Dave. It's going to be so fun. Check out lifeworkpodcast.com if you want to see any of the show notes. We link to things that we've talked a lot about along the way. And we also have um, a link there where you can go give us a rating or review on iTunes. If we you, really appreciate we that. We would love that. And we'd like to hear from you. If you have any suggestions for topics you want us to cover or feedback, or you just want to yell at us about something or share your own personal story or yeah. I don't really anything, yeah. send us an email, hello at lifeworkpodcast.com. We look at every single one. We do. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Life Work Podcast. 
Build your business and design your life with us every day, Monday through Friday. And find us at lifeworkpodcast.com.